Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I really think that the consumers who vote need to go to their politicians and say, hey, you need to do what you can to make sure that farmers and ranchers and businesses are going down this regenerative path. Because it's imperative, not only for human health, but for the ecosystem, for our children and grandchildren, that they start to make these changes. When I think about the future, I can't help but wonder what kind of world will be waiting for kids like me. Will polar bears still call it the icy north home? Will we still be able to see colorful coral reefs or go to our favorite beaches in the summer? I'd like to think so. That's why I'm trying to learn as much as I can about climate change science, stories, and solutions, and share what I learned with all of you. Together, we can decide what type of future we want for our planet and discover the power we have in shaping it. This is We the Children, the podcast where kids talk climate change. I'm Zach, your host. I'm 12 years old, and I live in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Claire, fellow eco-enthusiast and Zach's teacher. Speaking of, have you learned anything interesting recently, Zach? As a matter of fact, I have. Have you ever heard of regenerative agriculture? Well, I've heard a little bit about it, but I wouldn't say I'm an expert. Me neither. That's why I was so excited to speak with today's guest, Gabe Brown. Gabe lives in Bismarck, North Dakota, where he and his family operate Brown's Ranch. He found his way to regenerative agriculture after the family farm he took over from his in-laws began failing. He turned things around by leaving age-old agriculture methods behind and regenerated the farm using holistic management practices. Since then, Gabe's become a huge advocate for soil health. He's written a book, he's featured in documentaries, and he travels far and wide to teach people about regenerative agriculture. Talking with Gabe taught me so much about soil health, sustainable farming, and how the food choices we make as consumers affect our environment. I can't wait to hear what Zach and Gabe talked about. Throughout their conversation, I'll share some questions you can discuss with your friends, parents, and classmates. 
and I'll do my best to define some key terms and concepts about regenerative agriculture. Let's dig into soil health and sustainable farming with Gabe Brown. I actually had a series of four years in a row where I lost three of my crops to hailstorms and then a fourth crop to a year of drought. So I lost four crops in a row. Because of that, I didn't have the money to be able to buy fertilizers and pesticides and chemicals and farm like I had been in the past. So I learned during those four years of disasters that I was starting to see earthworms in the soil. I was starting to see more wildlife, birds, and insects. And I noticed things just appeared a lot healthier. And that's really what got me interested in soil health and exploring it further. So those storms were quite serendipitous. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I tell people it was very hard to live through. Financially, it was devastating to my wife and I. But in the end, it was the best thing that could have happened to me because I wouldn't have gone down the path I did and I wouldn't be where I'm at today if it wasn't for those four years of storms. In his book, Dirt to Soil, One Family's Journeys into Regenerative Agriculture, Gabe highlights five principles of soil health. But we have an update. There are now six principles that Gabe can share with us. The first one is context. You have to farm or ranch or garden according to your environment and where you're at. You know, here I am in North Dakota. We have a very short growing season. It's cold for six months of the year. I tell people there's a reason I can't grow bananas in North Dakota. They won't survive here. So you have to farm or ranch within your context, within your environment. The second principle is to cause the least amount of disturbance possible. This isn't like putting a do not disturb sign on your bedroom door, but it's close. What we mean by that is we shouldn't go till up the soil. Many of your listeners, if they have a garden, they're used to going out with a rototiller and tilling up that soil. That's actually one of the worst things we could do for the soil health and to produce nutrient-dense food. The other types of disturbance is that of Synthetic fertilizers and chemicals, those are all disturbances that actually harm the soil microorganisms. So we don't want to do that. The third principle sounds like something from medieval times. It's what Gabe calls armor on the soil. We want to see the soil covered with a mat of either leaves or decaying plant materials. And how I describe that to people is take a walk in the forest. How much bare soil do you see? You don't. The forest floor is covered with leaves. If you walk out in the prairie, it's covered with grasses and other plant species. We should make sure that we keep our soil covered, and we do that to protect it from wind erosion and water erosion. We want the moisture to be held in the soil. We don't want it to evaporate away. We want to protect all those worms, and other microorganisms in the soil. The fourth principle to enhance soil health is diversity. Where in nature do you find a monoculture, a single species? You don't. 
nature, walk into a forest. There's not just one type of tree. There's many kinds of trees. Walk into a prairie. There's many different species of plants. And we need that type of diversity. But you look at agriculture today, all you see is these very large fields of only one plant species growing. That's detrimental to soil life. To follow the fifth principle, you have to work towards keeping living roots in the soil for as long as possible. As I said, I live here in North Dakota. We're covered with snow for four to six months out of the year. But as soon as that snow starts to melt, you see green plants poking up through that snow. Nature is always trying to capture sunlight because it's that carbon that's in that solar energy that's in the atmosphere moving through plants and photosynthesis. That's what feeds biology and that's what really creates a healthy ecosystem. So we need living plants as long as possible throughout the year. Diversity isn't just for plants, though. The final principle that Gabe and other farmers like him recommend has to do with livestock and insect integration. Nature does not function properly without animals and insects. So what has mankind done? We've removed the animals from the landscape and we've put them in these confined animal feeding operations. An animal was meant to graze, a beef animal, a dairy animal. They were meant to graze, just like our our deer and our elk were meant to graze. We need those animals out on the landscape because it's that interaction of that grazing animal biting that plant that allows that plant then to release more carbon into the soil to feed biology. We also need insects. And oftentimes people think of insects only as pests. But for every insect species that's a pest, there's approximately 1,700 species that are beneficial. So why do we want to kill that pest when we'd be killing all those beneficial? We need those beneficial insects to pollinate our crops and all the other plant species. So those are the six principles of soil health. And no matter where you go all over the world where there's land and soil, these six principles take place. Sounds like nature knows how to do it and then we come along and ruin it that's exactly right that's well put zach you may have a garden in your backyard or maybe you've seen one at your school or a family member's house or in your community think of a garden you've seen was it wearing any armor if not have a talk with your friends parents or teachers about some changes you could make to keep that garden as healthy as possible You've said that climate change is a result of a lack of stewardship. Can you explain what that means? What we're seeing is the desertification of large, vast areas around the world. Areas that were once covered with growing perennial grasses and forbs and other plants now are deserts. That has been caused primarily from overgrazing. In other words, they left animals in any given area for too long a time where crops are grown. For instance, in the Central Valley of California, we see excess tillage. This 
causes bare soil. And then we're seeing erosion. We're seeing the soil blow away. We're seeing the soil wash away. We're seeing the soil surface is becoming hotter. So it takes more water to grow the same amount of production, the same quantity of vegetables, for instance. So mankind, our actions, our lack of stewardship on the land is actually, to a large degree, what is causing climate change. Definition time. What does Gabe mean when he says stewardship? Stewardship is defined as supervising or taking care of something. So good stewardship would mean making sure everything around us is healthy and thriving. Being good stewards of our environment is like being a good caretaker to our pets or families, but on a much bigger scale, the whole planet. Do these methods, they clearly contribute to food production, but is it also healthier for people as well as the planet? Sure, it's healthier for the ecosystem. Because of these principles, we have cleaner air, cleaner water. You know, the wildlife is happier and healthier. The animals themselves live a happier, healthier life. But then for us as human beings, as we consume the food that's grown in soil, that food then has more nutrients for us. So it's good for us also. Right. It's a chain reaction, like how fish eat microplastics and then we eat the fish. So we're eating those same microplastics. It's the same thing with the soil? You're exactly right. It's the same thing. And if you look, people today are not near as healthy as they were decades ago. And I contend a large part of the reason for that is that our food is no longer as nutrient dense. There's not as much nutrients in the food itself. What exactly happens when synthetic fertilizers and pesticides get into the food system? When we use these synthetics, and we'll call them synthetics because they're man-made chemicals, fertilizers, what happens is the biology in the soil consumes them. And in the case of pesticides and fungicides, it can actually kill that microbiology. In the case of fertilizers, what happens is microorganisms consume that fertilizer but then they need to balance the rest of their diet, so to speak. They need to find carbon, and they consume the carbon that's in the soil. And what that leads to is a very collapsed soil structure, and we're no longer able to infiltrate water. And then we have more flooding. It also is more difficult for plants to grow, and it actually leads us down the path of desertification. And it's negatively affecting not only the amount of food that we produce, but also how nutrient-dense that food is. And then how does pollution affect soil health? So pollution can affect soil health just from the standpoint of it negatively affects all the biology. And realize that just like our stomachs are full of microbiology, you know, we're mainly... Uh, microorganisms. Well, it's the same way with soil. There's more microorganisms in a teaspoonful of healthy soil than there are people on this planet. So think about that. Just a very, very little bit of healthy soil has so much life in it 
more lives than there are people on this planet. So any types of pollution that negatively affect that biology is having a very negative impact on the ecosystem and on us as humans. We interrupt this program for a local weather bulletin. We're asking our guests and listeners to tell us about how climate change has affected the weather where they live. In fact, our first local weather reporter is Gabe Brown. So where I live here in North Dakota, the years 2020, 2021, 2022, those three years were the three driest years ever recorded, as long as mankind's been recording weather events in this area. So I think that that's due in a large part to what we talked about, the lack of stewardship by the majority of farmers and ranchers in this area. Thanks for that update, Gabe. If you'd like to provide a local weather report about how climate change is impacting your home, please visit wethechildrenpodcast.com, fill out the consent form, and drop Zach a voicemail. Are more farmers around the world using soil health principles? And if so, are they seeing positive results? That's a great question. And yes, more and more farmers are using these, what we like to call regenerative practices. Much like I did, they're realizing that the health of the soil on my farm, the health of the soil in your garden is directly related to your actions and what you're doing. And so farmers are realizing this. I am part owner of a business called Understanding Ag. Our business is consulting on farms and ranches all over North America and in several other countries. We work with farmers that have very small parcels of land, and our largest client is over 2 million acres, which is a larger size than most large cities. So we work with all sizes. They're adopting and implementing these soil health principles. And as they do that, the soil on their farm or ranch becomes healthier. They're able to produce more food, more nutrient-dense food, and it's increasing their profitability. So it's a win-win-win for all. We're also involved with another company called Regenified, and Regenified is a verification company. These large food companies come to Regenified and they say, tell Regenified, we would like to certify our supply chain. An example would be a company that makes flour for bread. They're telling Regenified, find us the farmers that are using these regenerative practices, and then we want those farmers certified. We want to buy their wheat so then we can make it into flour, into bread, and then we can sell bread to the consumers that is certified regenerative. So it brings the farmer, the supply chain, and the consumer together. And you can start to go into stores now and find these certified regenified products. Definition time. 
What does Gabe mean when he says that Regenified is a verification company? Verification companies make sure that businesses, in this case farmers or food companies, are real, authentic, and deliver on the promises they make to consumers like you and me. Next time you go to a grocery store, check out the product labels and see if you can find any stamps or seals from a verification company like Regenified. Are politicians paying enough attention to these benefits? And could they make any rules or changes to help farmers try to improve soil health? They could. We're attempting to educate them. I really think that the consumers who vote need to go to their politicians and say, hey, you need to do what you can to make sure that farmers and ranchers and businesses are going down this regenerative path because it's imperative not only for human health but for the ecosystem for our children and grandchildren that they start to make these changes. So I would certainly like to see politicians become more aware of this. And there are some who are, but I'd like to see more and more become aware. And then another place that I really think consumers could help is go to their local school boards and tell their school officials that, hey, We want this healthy food served in our public school because children need to be offered those healthy food choices. So start with the local school systems and demand that they purchase fruits and vegetables and proteins from farmers and ranchers who are using these regenerative practices. The best thing that any of us as consumers could do is vote through our buying dollar. And what I mean by that is when we go to the grocery store, we need to purchase food that's grown and raised regeneratively. We need to go to the farmer's markets because as consumers increase their demand and want more of these healthier products, farmers are going to change the way they produce. And more farms will start doing that because they'll see that there's more profit in it for them. What are some challenges farmers might face in trying to switch from the ways they've been working to the new ones we've been talking about? So the biggest challenge is we as human beings do not know what we don't know. And so it's a lack of education. Farmers and ranchers are told from their fertilizer supplier, their chemical supplier. They're told from those who buy their grains that this is the way you need to do things. They need to educate themselves as to these six principles, and they need to learn that there is another way. And so I think education is one of the things that is sorely needed. Yeah. And are you seeing information about soil principles being shared in classrooms so that students can learn more about them? We're starting to see more and more of it. Unfortunately, there's not that large of a curriculum out there at this point in time. I didn't learn about these principles when I was your age. Had I known, I could have started farming that way immediately it would have made a world of difference. I wouldn't have 
needed to see it through those four years of disasters. But we do have a lot of teachers who are asking us about it and they're learning about it themselves. And then they're teaching those things in their classrooms. Hopefully, Zach will see that in the near future. We'll see it as part of the curriculum. Have you learned about regenerative agriculture at school? If so, share an interesting fact about sustainable farming with a friend or family member. If not, what is something you'd like to learn about regenerative agriculture and who can you ask about it? Has the pandemic impacted farming and the way that food gets to people? Very good question. I think what the COVID pandemic has taught us is We have a food system that's not very secure. It's inefficient. And from the standpoint, it's being transported over large distances. And we really saw a change during the COVID pandemic where people are trying to purchase more of their food that's grown and raised locally. And that's a good thing. It not only saves fossil fuels, But we get to know our farmer, we get to know our rancher, we can make that association with them, and we can learn about the practices they implement to grow our food. That's a good thing. Some people assume that fighting climate change has to be very costly. What would you say to someone who thinks that making better choices about food and produce is too expensive for them to participate in? What I asked anyone who thinks this is expensive is, what is their health worth? What is your health worth? What's your children's health worth? Unfortunately, this day and age, we have a lot of sick people, okay? And people are on medications and they're seeing doctors. If they would eat healthier, more nutrient-dense food, they wouldn't need to go to the doctor near as often. So if they didn't have to be on this medicine, they would be saving money. So not only is it good for their own health, it's good for the environment. And if we look at the true cost of all these negative practices and what they're doing, regeneratively grown and raised food is really much, 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 much less expensive than is that or that people are currently buying. And to support sustainable farming and reverse climate change trends, do you think there are particular foods that people should think twice about eating? That's a very good question. And I would say that any food that is grown and raised on a farm or ranch that's adopting these six principles is healthy. So we can't just say, well, all carrots are bad. No, I know we know that's not true. We know carrots are good for us. But carrots that are growing in healthy soil on a farm that is using these regenerative practices will be even healthy. So I'm not going to say one food, one particular thing is good or bad. It's how it was grown or raised that makes the difference. Yeah, that makes sense. And then what can kids do to start exploring sustainable agriculture on their own? All they need to do is Google regenerative agriculture to find out more. But they can also 
visit at those farmers markets with those farmers who are in their area and maybe their parents or their school can take them on a field trip to that farm. Many communities have these urban type farms where they have some animals and they're growing some very large gardens and you can learn more about these regenerative practices there. We're also seeing a number of school systems that are growing fruits and vegetables in a regenerative way, and then uh, they're supplying that to be able to be used in that particular school. So you can check if your school has that available. All right. Thanks for coming on, Gabe. Thank you. It was a real pleasure being with you. Wow, I learned a lot today about how to grow and choose good food. I'm kind of hungry now, actually. You can learn more about Gabe Brown and the six principles of soil health using the links in our show notes. That's right. And to test your knowledge, we have a quiz about today's episode. The three questions are... 1. What is the name of the food verification company that Gabe mentioned? 2. What did Gabe say was the biggest challenge farmers face when it comes to implementing regenerative agriculture practices? 3. What are the six principles of soil health? Check our Facebook and Instagram at We The Children Podcast to find this week's quiz questions and post your answers there. Or visit WeTheChildrenPodcast.com and leave us a voice message with your responses. We might just play them on our next episode where we'll reveal the correct answers. Subscribe to We The Children on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, we, the children, have the power to make a difference for our planet. Until next time, we'll leave you with today's voice of hope, Icelandic explorer, Alexandra Christiansdotter. I would say my biggest hope is the willingness um, that I see people demonstrate. They want to do better and they want to try and help the planet. Um, And sometimes it's just a matter of knowing how to. And there's a lot of people that are working really, really hard in changing all of it. And it's people like that that give me a lot of hope. People that go out and try and find solutions to these big problems, no matter how big or difficult they might seem. And um, that gives me a lot of hope. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.